Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news. This is episode 138, recorded March 4th, 2023. I'm your host, Charles Current. And in today's episode, Locky Award nominees, free deadbolts, Nissan Key Recall, Mojo Box Exploit Patched, products, videos, blog posts, criminals, events, meetups, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. Some apps limit the length of show notes and the ability to post full links, but you can always find all of the show notes with all of the links at thelocksportscast.com. Well, first up, we have an update on the Lockie Awards. After leaving nominations open for two months, we finally have a list of nominees. There is one category where there is only one nominee, unfortunately, but but we do have at least two in every other category, so we move on. For the year of 2022, so just a reminder, we are voting on things that took place in 2022. So these are videos that took place in 2022 and for like the community spirit award and uh, stuff like that. It is for behaviors in 2022. The categories and nominees are in best editing. We have artichoke 2000, the theory of picking barrel drivers twins part two. And that is the only nominee. But for those of you who like an option, there is an option in the voting system for voting for nobody because Artichoke 2000 wins enough already. Next up, we have Best Audio, and that has Artichoke 2000, The Theory of Picking Barrel Drivers Twins Part 3, and The Lockjock, ASA 700 LPU Red Belt Consideration Update I Got Red. And I should mention that these are strictly in alphabetic order by the uh, channel name. Best Lighting, Artichoke 2000, Theory of Picking Barrel Drivers Twins Part 3, and HV Logic repairing a broken padlock. Best visual aids and effects Artichoke 2000, Theory of Picking Barrel Drivers Twins Part 3, Pugs Picks Locks, Episode 7, Abus Titalium and Brinks Padlocks, How Spoolpens Work, How to Detect, and How to Defeat Them. Knox Locks for Chrome Your Bones, a Deep Dive into Bare Bones. Under Most Informative Video, we have Again, Artichoke 2000, Theory of Picking Barrel Drivers. Down Under Monkey, Bare Bones Lock Picking Product Review. Land Spy Key, How to Make Hard Challenge Locks, In-Depth Walkthrough Part 1, The Key. Rook Knight, How to Make a Tiny Covert Pick Set for Under $15 and in 10 Minutes of Work. For Most Creative Video, we have HV Logic, Kaba Micro. Lock Picking Dev. American Lock Barrel Padlock Picked at Thor's Well, Oregon Coast. And SE Lock and Key, I Built the World's First Access-Controlled Lock-Throwing Catapult. In Funniest Video, we have Lady Locks, Picking Time Episode 18 with Lady Locks and Lock Heat. And SE Lock and Key, Locksmith Paradise Official Music Video. Under Most Impressive Pick, we have Sunday Chillin', Multi-Lock, MTL5+, Pick and Gut in hand in the bath. HV Logic, two row dimple picked with the bones. Red Wanderer, 
Western Electric 29A picked, and you've been to Locksport, Abloy Sentry picked and gutted. Best out of the package pick, we have Down Under Monkey, Pick My Corbin, Brummies Evil Corbin, My Lock for Out of Package Challenge Lock Pick and Gut, Panda Frog for Lock Picking Underwater Out of the Pack Pick of a Casino Aluminum Padlock 30mm Black, and Picksmith Picking Joint Custody the Community Challenge Lock from Joe Picks. Most impressive gutting disaster, we have Lock Noob, the UAP Kinetica Lock Pick and Gut, and Panda Frog, I effed up with a quick Packlock 90A Pro pick and huge gutting disaster. Under most supportive commenter, we have nominations for Beer Can Bushcraft, Don's Picks, Picksmith, Roy Sammons, and The Lock Picker 1969. Under most creative challenge, we have Even Fleur for The Basil Challenge and Panda Frog for Deep Blue Pickers. For most creative giveaway, we have Knox Locks Lock 3 for me and Panda Frog Lock Picking Oops I Did It Again hashtag Mini Panda Frog 2 giveaway. Under best challenge lock, we have Daz Evers, Daz Evers number 45, Mick 777 Oz. Lockheart Lockwood 334 Mheart Challenge Lock. Panda Frog for Special Challenge Lock Registered Pain Mail, including logbook and handcut key. Snake Picks, Blair Witch Evil Challenge Lock, and the Lockpicker 1969 for Highways. Best Custom Made Pick, we have Gillen Bursty for a pick that I didn't see a name on. And DMAC for the picks shown in a trio of custom picks. And nominees for the Community Spirit Award, which normally are supposed to come in with the reasons stated that they were nominated, but uh, one of them, Cajun Lockpick, was nominated, but they didn't give a reason why. So if you were the person that nominated them and you have a reason why, send it in and I will update the information. The Lockpicker 1969. Uh, it says, their interview with the Lockpicker web series is a great show of support to the community, and he has been sharing a lot of great history. Panda Frog, for his continuous efforts to support the community with various websites and projects. As examples, I would like to mention speedlocks.org and challengelock.com. Patrick O'Neill of Oak City Locksport. It says he's good, he's friendly, and dedicated to the community, organizing events, and making sure we're at conferences. And Pocket Woman, very supportive to everyone in the lockpicking community. So those are the official nominees for the Lockie Awards for 2022. And voting is now open at LockieAwards.com. Up at the top menu, you will find a link to the voting page, as well as a link to this list of nominees. All the videos included have links, so you can just click on them and go watch the nominated videos or whatever media is available for the different nominations and uh, start making your decisions. Please get out there and vote. This might be your last chance. Uh, this might be the last Lockie Awards. Uh, this is partially my fault. I haven't been promoting it very well for the last couple of years, but uh, participation is really, really down and it's really hard to run without somebody to nominate. So um, after two months of nominations, I still have only one nominee in that best editing category 
That's a little disappointing, but uh, we'll make it through this year and we'll see how things turn out on the voting, but uh, maybe the last year for the Lockheed Board. So get your uh, votes in and to everybody nominated, it should be a big honor that somebody actually took the time to register and log in to the website to enter a nomination in your name. Not very many people took that effort this year, so it should be an extra big honor for you to have been nominated. All right, moving on to other news. A locksmith in Pasco, Florida, is offering free deadbolt installation to families in response to a recent case of a missing toddler. After the two-year-old wandered away from home, Ameriki Locksmith LLC was inspired to help families secure their homes. The locksmith is encouraging all families to take advantage of this free offer to keep their homes and children safe. Several news outlets have covered this story, including ABC News, Bay News, and Spot on Florida. Uh, I will link one of the articles in the show notes, but uh, good on that locksmith. I know toddlers can be uh, pretty good at slipping away the second you turn your back. If you're a parent, you probably know that too. Uh, One quick story. Uh, Our youngest son, who's an adult now, when he was young, my wife was at home uh, watching him. She started not feeling well, and he was taking a nap, so she took a nap. He woke up ahead of her and decided to let himself out the front door and play in the front lawn. She came to, saw the front door open, freaked out, went out. He was just sitting in the front lawn, but could have ended really badly. We installed a chain lock on the door to foil him from doing that again, because the deadbolt and the... The regular door lock weren't keeping him in. And then one day, a little while later, after installing that chain lock, while cooking dinner, Peekaview looked down the hallway towards the living room at the front door, and there he is. He has climbed up the back of a Lazy Boy-style recliner. He's got one hand on the wall to kind of balance himself while he's leaning way over, trying to unhook the chain so he can get out the front door. It's easy to happen if you turn your back on them for a minute. They can just go if they are so inclined. So something to keep in mind when you're trying to childproof your house. If you are a new parent, remember to childproof your exterior doors. And Nissan is recalling more than 800,000 small SUVs in the U.S. and Canada because a key problem can cause the ignition to shut off while the car is being driven. The recall covers certain Nissan Rogues from the 2014 through 2020 model years, as well as Rogue Sports from 2017 to 2022. Nissan says that the SUVs have a jackknife-style folding key, and it may not stay fully open. If driven with the key partially folded, the driver could touch the fob, inadvertently turning the engine off. This can cause loss of engine power and power brakes, and the airbags might not inflate in the event of a crash. The company says it is not aware of any crashes or injuries caused by the problem at this time, and it has not yet come up with a fix, but owners will be notified in March with an interim letter telling them not to attach anything else to the keyring. Then they'll get another letter telling them to take their SUVs in for repairs. They also say that any owners with keys that won't stay in the open position should contact their dealers. thought that was an interesting problem. So a lot of cars nowadays that are key fob push button start will have a an auxiliary key that flips out or 
slides out. I did not actually know that Nissan was using one that folded out that was meant to actually be used as a key all the time. That's pretty interesting and led to a rather interesting problem. Moving on to the community side of things, a big congrats to Andy Perrin of the A Day in the Life of a Locksmith YouTube channel for hitting 2,000 subscribers. A good milestone and uh, congratulations to you. And it has been recently brought to my attention that the topic of hot wiring vehicles has recently caused controversy in the locksport community. I haven't seen any of this controversy myself. This was uh, sent in in a note. They say that some argue that it is an important knowledge to have in case of emergencies, while others believe that it should only be known by professionals such as mechanics and locksmiths. Personally, I'm not really sure why there is a controversy dealing with the subject matter that we generally do. I would argue that just like other skills, such as lockpicking, bypassing, impressioning, and other physical entry skills, the knowledge is already widely available, easy to access online. And I'm not sure why we would argue that it's okay to talk about those particular skills and not about others, like hot wiring. It kind of sounds like the same argument that the locksmith and security industry have used for years. The old security by obscurity or the illusion or trying to maintain the illusion of security by keeping people in the dark. This knowledge is already well out there in the criminal universe. Trust me, they know it better than we do. The cat's out of the bag. So nowadays, it's more important, I think, for people to know what the vulnerabilities in their own systems are. You buy a car, an expensive car, knowing that it is vulnerable to certain types of attack can help you think about how you can secure it from those same types of attack. Just like knowing that your door lock isn't ideal or that safe you bought that cheap safe you bought is not going to protect anything. Those are important things to know, but generally the industry doesn't tell us that. And the same is going in the automotive world right now. The criminals are having a heyday because there are lots of uh, vulnerabilities and problems that are spread all over the internet. And I think we should be allowed to talk about that and uh, maybe think about ways to protect our own vehicles. Anyway, that's my take on it. I think it's good to have the discussion out there. But again, I don't see how it's different than the type of subject matter we talk about all the time, all of which can be used for criminals if they so choose. But uh, most of them already know that type of knowledge. I would argue that more car thieves know how to hotwire vehicles and bypass security systems and do all that stuff than average criminals know how to pick locks. So I don't think talking about hot wiring and other things is really that dangerous. And it appears the three tumblers podcast has a new Twitter account that is at the number three tumblers pod. If you don't already know, the three tumblers podcast features three locksmiths who you probably already know from the community. And they, of course, talk about locksmith stuff. So if you are over on Twitter, you might want to give them a follow. Moving on, on February 26, 2023, Lockpicking Lawyer demonstrated a very simple exploit on the Mojo Box. The Mojo Box is a doorknob lockbox, like real estate agent type, but with an electronic keypad, Bluetooth connectivity, and a smartphone app. 
Lockpicking lawyer was able to defeat it with nothing more than a slap on the side of the case. However, he posted an update in the comments and another one on Twitter where he said, Mojo Box users received this email about 28 hours after I posted video 1505. Everyone makes mistakes, but in my experience, few react so constructively when their mistakes are revealed. Hats off to Show Mojo for taking this seriously and patching the vulnerability so quickly. And he shared a copy of the email that was sent out. The email read, On February 26th, after a year in the field, an exploit was discovered that could provide unauthorized access to the Mojobox digital lockbox. On 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, February 27th, we released a firmware update for all Mojoboxes. It completely resolves the February 26th exploit. You can immediately push this update to each of your Mojo boxes from the Mojo Lock app. We recommend, and then in bold, it says, we recommend all users act quickly on this update. This will need to be done in a physical proximity of each Mojo box. We apologize for any inconvenience this may cause. Our team will communicate additional information about the how and why of all of this in the coming days. We will add a notice to the Mojobox product page, and you'll be able to review additional details there. We built the Mojobox to be a secure and affordable digital lockbox. While we wish our testing had uncovered this issue before the Mojobox was released a year ago, we hope the quick resolution of this exploit helps to make the point that we stand by the product that we built. So it's good to see that at least some companies are paying attention and taking immediate action when vulnerabilities are found. It's good to see that this particular company left the ability to do firmware updates in the field. That's very, very important for anything that is digital in nature, especially if it is Wi-Fi or Bluetooth connected, this particular one being Bluetooth connected, I believe, which is why you have to be in uh, proximity to update it. So I think that's a good responsible action to take. They didn't delay. They didn't deny it. They didn't try and hide it. They took ownership of it and immediately pushed out a fix for it. So good on them. And if you want, you can check out the exploit and how easy it was on uh, Lockpicking Lawyer's YouTube channel, if you haven't already. And just in case, link will be in the show notes, of course. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to Lockpicking Lawyer's video, Revised Master M176, New Open Method. He has put out a video demonstrating a new way to bypass a Master 176 padlock. Uh, Evidently, Master has tightened up the tolerances on the sides of the combination wheels. So the old bypass that we always used still works technically, but it's very difficult to do. But He shows that with a different tool, the same basic technique is still possible and quick. So worth checking out. And last week, we reported on a new product at Red Team Tools, the Forensic Collection Set. And shortly after that, Deviant put out a video explaining the reason for creating the set and demonstrating its use. So if you've ever been curious about uh, Lock Forensics, uh, give it a good look. He uh, he does go through the process of disassembling a lock and bagging pieces and explains quite a bit. Not enough for you to become an expert, but he does explain the process enough for you to kind of understand what's going on. And another good video to check out is uh, 
Puka, the 90 to 90 quest, a new challenge lock from Freediver72 and Pixmith. So Freediver created a really unique challenge lock and Pixmith helped turn it into a community challenge lock. And uh, this lock is a three Bible challenge lock. So he created an additional two Bibles inside of the original cylinder so that the key can effectively be removed at three different angles, straight up and down or 45 in each direction, I believe. And in order to complete the challenge, you will have to pick the lock multiple times. The challenge comes with a logbook, so if you want to have your name in the logbook, you have to actually complete the full challenge. So check out the video if you're interested in learning more, either about how he made the lock or what the challenge is. And then iFisk sent in this interesting link. It's to a Snopes article. Did this old fire alarm box lock pranksters in place? And the photo is really interesting. It's an old photo of a fire alarm box, uh, activation box, and very old style, mounted on a pole. And it has a locking device around the bottom that locks itself around the wrist of the person who pulled it. Now, what Snopes is getting at here is that people were like, oh, that's, you know, you lock the person in place when there's a fire. That's not a good idea type thing. But in actuality, two things. One, the alarm as they show in one of the videos they linked to, was mounted on a pole not attached to the building. And the other part, the other key part is it doesn't lock you to the box. It basically locks this big metal piece around your wrist and then you can't have it removed until the fire department or the police show up and remove it. So to discourage you from doing prank fire alarm poles, which evidently were a problem back then, this was originally published in 1938. And like I said, there is a video. It's embedded in this article. If you want to see this device in action, all I can say is it probably did work to help discourage pranksters, but at the same time, it might have discouraged, if people knew about it, it might have discouraged actual uh, people from doing real fire alarm poles. It's like, you know, not wanting this huge metal object locked around their wrist, especially if it were out in the sun and it's hot, or if it's freezing cold outside, uh, I'd be hesitant to reach my arm up in there and knowing that thing was going to clamp down on my wrist. Anyway, you can check out the article for that video, for the picture, and also for more background information on the reasons for the device's creation, as well as other types of devices that were created to prevent the prank alarms. Kind of an interesting read, and you might want to check it out. And then next up, we have a blog article by Matthew Thiel, How I Taught Myself to Pick Locks and What I Would Do Differently. Says he started lock picking because he was watching videos on YouTube for entertainment during COVID. A lot of people did. Um, And he taught himself to pick locks from watching several different creators' videos, but points out several things that he would do different. The key points I saw were that he would not get practice locks, that he would start with a four or five pin standard padlock, and he would have started with better quality picks. I think a lot of us do that. We go out, we get the cheapest pick set possible because, you know, you don't know if you're going to enjoy this or not. 
and you don't know the difference. So you buy a cheap pick set, you get into it, you use it a little bit. This is fun. And then your picks bend, break, or they're too fat to fit in the lock you want, whatever the case may be. And you end up immediately having to buy better lock picks. But everybody does that. Everybody has to learn that lesson. It's hard to convince people otherwise. Spending a whole bunch of money on a good quality pick set when uh, you don't even know if you're going to enjoy it or you're going to be even any good at it. So I guess it is what it is. We all learn our lesson the hard way. Anyway, link in the show notes if you want to check out his experience. And uh, it's a good read, so I recommend you check it out. Moving on to products. Over at Red Team Tools, we got another new one. This one is the Smartphone Macro Lens with Stand. And this is basically just a clip-on macro magnifying lens for your smartphone. And it has a lot of different purposes if you are red teaming. But it is also really handy for things such as impressioning. And uh, Deviant put out some videos. So if you want to check those out, he shows using the lens on a smartphone to aid in impressioning. Gives a really great view. Also allows you to record that view if you're a YouTuber. So that's always handy. And those lenses are available from Red Team Tools for $32 US. And then Yagius, Yagius, I'm not sure how to pronounce this user's name, but posted on Reddit about some uh, icon padlock cutaways that evidently he's made. It says the shiny cutaway micro batch is done and they're available for purchase. They're made from 50 millimeter icon padlocks, originally five pin locks, but reconfigured for six pins. It has grub screws installed, making it recoverable from almost all misconfigurations. Does note that they are secondhand locks. They have been used in the wild before becoming cutaways, so they will have some scratches and dings, and they have no keys. They are for sale for 65 euro, and you can DM them if you are interested. Link to that post in the show notes if you want to check that out. Also on Reddit, Type Regal posted Miwa PR cutaway now on Thingiverse, and that included a link. That link was to evidently their Thingiverse page. And on that page, you will find several designs for 3D printable cutaway holders and progressive, I guess, pinning style uh, spacers for Abloy and Miwa locks. So pretty cool stuff. If you are into learning Miwa and Abloy picking techniques, I recommend you go over and check that out. Could be a, a great resource to have. I may actually have to uh, download one of those so I can uh, get back to learning my Miwa PR. I've never quite picked it open. Moving on to events and meetups. We have B-Sides Harrisburg, March 11th in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We have the Lockpick Championship by event in Bergheim on March 25th. CypherCon, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, March 30th as well as Hack for Kids Milwaukee in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on March 31st. KernelCon, April 12th, Omaha, Nebraska. Besides Nashville, April 15th in Nashville, Tennessee. Besides NYC in New York City, April 22nd. The RSAC Sandbox, April 25th in San Francisco. 
T223 InfoSec Conference, May 4th in Helsinki. KakalakiCon, May 5th in Durham, North Carolina. Besides Knoxville, May 12th, Knoxville, Tennessee. Hack for Kids Chicago, June 3rd in Chicago, Illinois. And Circle City Con, June 23rd, Indianapolis, Indiana. We have a couple of new belts to announce this week, as well as the current belt stats as of the beginning of this month. First up, a big congratulations to Lady Locke for earning Red Belt. Congratulations for that great accomplishment. And congratulations to MC for earning Black Belt. He picked the EVA 3KS, the ASA Twin 6000 with gins, and... He created some American Lock cutaways and manipulated the S&G 6730 safe lock, as well as being the host of the Milestone Lock Project. So uh, congratulations to UMC for earning your black belt. As far as belt stats, as of the beginning of March, in the Discord, we had 187 white belts, 319 yellow, 636 orange, 398 green, 180 blue, 108 purple, 58 brown, 52 red, and a whopping 104 black belts now. And then moving to the Reddit stats, and there's quite a bit of overlap in these, by the way. Uh, For Reddit, we have white belts, 1,119, yellow, 1,707, orange, 2,162, Green, 772. Blue, 252. Purple, 117. Brown belts, 65. Red belts, 48. And black belts, 101. For a total of 6,243 participating in the lock belt system. If you're not already familiar with the Lock Pickers United belt system, check out the links in the show notes. There's the official rules as well as several different pages and videos that show you what the system is about, why it's fun, and why it might be a fun thing for you to get involved in. Now it's the part of the show where I take a quick break, say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. Start with the financial supporters. We have Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starhaylock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lee Bond's Locksport Journey, Pat from Monsister Tactical, Three Raccoons and a Coat, Jarrell, a.k.a. Anthony, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, a.k.a. Cooltoon, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, Barebones Lockpicking, Deadbolt Cafe, NWE Lockpicker, Snake, Paracentric, and John R. Chief content producer for this episode is, no surprise, Jarrell, a.k.a. Anthony. Other content producers, Barebones Lockpicking, iFisk, Joshua Gonzalez, Lady Locks, Norlin, Oak City Locksport, Open Lock, Panda Frog, Peace Weapon, The Lockpicker 1969, The Sadistic Picker, Tiger Trav, and Tony Vrilli. Thank you to all of you for your support. And remember that this show is only possible because of that support. If you want to keep the show going, if you enjoy the show, you can help keep it going by sending in your information, your news, links, uh, events, giveaways, anything you have that's happening in the Locksport community that you think others should know about or might just want to know about or might find amusing. Send it in to me either at podcast at or by tagging me in any of the social media outlets that i have listed in the show notes 
Other ways you can help, you can share the podcast with your lockpicking friends. You can leave a review, comment, thumbs up, whatever the platform you choose allows. That helps people find the podcast. The more people that watch, the more people that can send in information. Obviously, subscribe on the platform of your choice so you don't miss any episodes. And if you want to help financially, you can either donate on PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. If you support the show with either a donation or information I use in an episode, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes. Moving on to lockpicking criminals. Out of Casper, Wyoming, police say bar none man shoplifted $4,000 in game controllers, vacuums, and other merchandise. According to the police in Casper, a man allegedly shoplifted approximately $4,000 worth of video game controllers and vacuum cleaners from retail stores over the course of a year. He was arrested and charged with two counts of grand theft, as well as attempting to pick the lock of a storage unit. Police found lock picks and burglary tools at his home. The incidents occurred multiple times throughout the year, and the suspect was often seen on camera with another male who is yet unidentified. It says the suspect used a magnetic key to defeat the locking peg of the merchandise protecting glass. The items stolen were mostly Xbox and PlayStation controllers, a shark vacuum, and Skullcandy headphones. The suspect pawned several controllers at a nearby GameStop, and during the arrest, police also found misdemeanor amounts of fentanyl and methamphetamine at the suspect's residence. The suspect's girlfriend reportedly told police that he received the lockpick set as a gift and continually practiced picking locks at home. So there it is, a confirmed lockpicking criminal. They are pretty rare when you get one actually confirmed caught on camera or caught in the act but there you go we have one that uh, evidently was caught picking a lock on a storage unit or attempting to pick a lock on a storage unit and was caught with lock picks and in florida detectives are searching for a car thief that's been impersonating a locksmith evidently a car thief in broward county florida has been impersonating a locksmith to purchase key fobs and steal cars They suspect he's been targeting high-end vehicles and has been successful in stealing multiple cars. They are currently investigating the case and have warned residents to be cautious of anyone claiming to be a locksmith who does not have proper identification or a marked vehicle. Interesting that this was found because the locksmith received an invoice for items he didn't purchase from one of his suppliers. So the criminal was just basically impersonating him, ordering things, and having them shipped directly to the criminal. So must have had some way to properly program the fobs, probably one of those stolen key machines or something. So sophisticated criminals for sophisticated cars. And over in Texas, thieves called the locksmith to make a key for a locked F-350 and stole the truck. According to the article, recently a Ford F-350 truck was stolen from a garage located at Hobby Airport in Houston, Texas. When the theft occurred, the truck was locked and parked inside the parking garage. Perpetrators who intended to steal the truck called a locksmith to make a new key for the vehicle. They succeeded in getting a new key and drove away with the truck. This despite telling security and presumably the locksmith that they had no IDs, no key, and no parking ticket for the vehicle in the garage. The entire incident was captured on camera and police are currently investigating the matter. So just a reminder to all locksmiths, a sly criminal will tell you all kinds of stories to play on your heartstrings, but if they don't have the proper paperwork of any kind to prove 
the vehicle is theirs, that's trouble. You could be sued over that one. Moving on to sales, we have a coupon code over at Artisan Ideas. They are the people that put out the Antique Locks and Keys, their History, Uses, and Mechanisms book. And you can save 15%, we think, if you use the code JASON. I'm not sure on the percentage of that. The person who sent it in wasn't sure on the exact percentage of the code, but the code is JASON, and you can save some money over there. Over at Multipick, you have multiple options. They are having their spring sale, and they have up to 30% off on items. No code needed. That ends March 19th. You also have three choices for a 10% off code. All of them are listed in the link in the show notes. I won't read them all off here, but multiple options to save at multipick.com. And Lock Pickers Mall still has 15% off with the code 15PC off. And just a reminder that is Lock Pickers Mall, not Lock Pick Mall. Over at uh, Event or CFIX. Um, they have a special page, no code needed. Just use the link provided in the show notes. Barebones lock picking. You can save 10% with the code do not duplicate 10 until March 31st. 3dlocksport.com, 10% off if you use the code LSCAST10 at checkout. Over at Southord, you have multiple options. By the time this episode comes out, you should still have a little bit of time probably a day or less, to order their tubular picks on the 30% blowout sale. That code is blowout30. You also have their regular sale items page. No code required on that. And their cosmetically blemished page is also active. If you're shopping at Law Lock Tools, you can save 10% if you use the link provided by Review Guru on that Twitter page, so be sure to check that out. And Mako Locks, 15% off if you use the code BUYMAKEOUT at checkout. And UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off if you use the code GIFT at checkout. For giveaways, we have the same ones as last week. The Lockpicker1969 has the Locksport bundle giveaway running until March 11th. And be sure to keep an eye on the Picking time live streams with Lady Locks for any giveaways that might happen there. And of course, be sure to enter the weekly Lock Boss giveaway run by CLK Supplies. Each entry gets you entered into their weekly giveaway as well as the cumulative entries for their big giveaway happening in a few months for a really expensive key machine. So something to check out. And thank you, everyone, for your support, for staying tuned if you're still listening. And I really appreciate everyone. Thank you to the people that uh, left comments on my video about my safe manipulation aid. I appreciate that. And if you haven't checked it out yet, please check it out and give me some feedback. I appreciate everyone who helps send in news and information. Uh, number one, Anthony is is always helping. So thank you to him. And remember, keep it legal. Legal.